When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tom Bernard Show with Doug Sprinthal. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Dave Schrader. Andy Brandt Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. You know who's here is Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com on a Monday. A rare Monday appearance. I don't think I've ever been on Monday. It's so It feels so different. Yeah, don't you take those days off? I take all the days off, actually. <laughs> I, I don't, this is all I do is the podcast, believe it or not. Okay. I get money nice from the gig. state. It is nice. Three hours a week. <laughs> uh, we talked about this on the morning show this morning. We have a terrific lease opportunity right now at our Hyundai store on brand new Sonatas, got 25 of them in stock. These are sign and drive leases, which means there's absolutely zero fees due when you pick the vehicle up. There's no tricks. There's no extras. It's not from starting at. All 25 of them, you can lease them for uh, $219 a month. That's that's wrong. You don't get 25 cars for it. You get one for $219 a month. You know, when you think about it, though, if you're a parent buying a kid a late model used car, you might look at leasing because this is a really affordable way to get into a great car. They've got uh, full warranty, road 24-hour roadside assistance, so if they run out of gas coming out of First Avenue at 2 in the morning, they can call roadside and they don't have to call you. So check it out at Walzer Hyundai or head up and see them in, I'm going to say it just to piss them off, Eastern Maple Grove. I got in trouble for that <laughs> with the Brooklyn Park City Planning no, Commission. No, they'll Watch. get over it. They were laughing. They listened to the show. I don't think that, no, they listen to the podcast, but they're big morning listeners out there, so. There you go. They pretend to work during the podcast hours. Yeah. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. The last train to Clarksville. What's Dave the got, meaning of Well, no, Dave just got me in a monkey's mood today. He was jamming to it in the show. A monkey mood. That's good. You got to like happy music. I like happy music. We need it for a Monday. I'm picturing Dave singing Last Train to Car- Clarksville while he applies the head and shoulder shampoo. <laughs> no, it's no, a, no, not no. a great visual for me. I haven't lived till you see me foam up. <laughs> <laughs> the monkeys. I loved the monkeys when I was a kid. I love the monkeys now. They're... Is it uh, is the sh- station Axis that's having all these band 
deals that you've been watching? What are you, you've been watching all these things about No, Elvis it's the Reels channel. The Reels channel. Yeah, the Reels okay. channel does a lot of that stuff. There was a deal on about Elvis yesterday, though. I, was it on the Reels channel? I can't remember. But there, Elvis was on five different TV channels yesterday, and we couldn't figure out why. His birthday's January 8th. Mm-hmm. He died on August 16th. So I don't know why he had been all, yeah, all over TV all these yesterday. Elvis shows. There is a 68 comeback special hitting the big screen this summer. Oh, it's coming to the big screen, that's why. An anniversary of it, or in celebration of its 50th anniversary. Is that where he's wearing an all-leather suit, man? I think, uh, and he does the karate moves. I he think. does. I'd, that would be fun to see that in the theater. It would it'd absolutely be fun to see it. I saw the first yes. time I saw it. Wasn't it. He is definitely wearing a lot of leather. <laughs> wearing a lot He's of leather. Definitely wearing a lot of so leather. So good in that special. Yeah, it's like that's that's the Elvis I want to remember right there. Oh, he, he also looks great. like he's like fifteen. Yeah, he did. How Kath- old was he at, in 68? Well, he'd have been close to 40, he, wouldn't he? Yeah, no, because no, he was, he was 40, 32 when he died in 77. Okay. So yeah, he, was, uh, he was born in 1935, January 8th, 1935. Weird Al does a parody of that. I saw him Phenomenal. video live, and he's, you know, he's got the scarves out, and he's hanging, <laughs> handing them out to the women in the front row. This one lady takes it, blows her nose, and gives it back to him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it was set up. I think it was pretty funny. I like that one bit of audio where Elvis is singing, Are You Lonesome Tonight? And he starts to forget the lyrics. Yep. And the woman in the background is doing the... And she's not stopping. He's laughing. He goes, just keep singing, darling. And he goes, my whole career is going out the window or something. And he just can't pull himself together. But he's laughing through the whole song. So I think he says, do you gaze at my bald head and wish I had hair? And then he starts laughing at his own joke. And then he just kind of loses it for the rest of the song. He, He... are you lonesome tonight? Is the song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because he goes, "Afraid have me play, 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 Okay. Well, not for you. I think I sent it a little too late, though. Oh, and I'm in on the podcast. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Or I can, well, I can play it tomorrow on the morning show if you want. That'll work. All right, I'll play it on the morning show tomorrow. That'll be fine. Uh, a good talk. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, you won't be laughing when I tell you what Joe's calling about. No. No, his brother died on this day. Oh. What, fourteen years ago? Fourteen years ago. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's the first one I've uh, faced sober. It's the first one you faced sober. That's right. Mm. Well, congratulations oh, on that. One. Hey, did you get my letter? Uh, it will be in the mail today. Okay, so you, you think it'll it's in the mail today? Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Because I resent yeah. it, so yeah, you should get it today. Excellent. Well, let me know. Let me uh, send me a uh, text when you get when you get the letter, will you? I'd appreciate it. So, your brother died at what age? Um, he'd been he. Uh, sorry about this day, but he'd have been fifty this year. He would have. Oh, so he he's thirty six. He'd be turning fifty one in December, so um, thirty seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I have never lost a sibling. Thank God for that. It's got to be uh, today's the fourteenth. No, you, you don't mind if I read your text, do you? No, go ahead. It says today is the fourteenth anniversary of my big brother's death. It'd be really cool if you could play behind blue eyes for him. So instead of playing it on the podcast, we'll play it on the morning show tomorrow. That'll be good. That's fine. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, that's. Uh, Pretty amazing. He who he died at what'd you say, thirty-seven? Yeah. Way too young, we know that. Yeah, I've never been been through that, uh, losing a, a sibling or whatever. My dad died when he was sixty two, so I suppose that's really young, but not like we were tight, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well yeah. we weren't. I mean I'm, I'm sorry to say no, I know. he and I were not close ever. I mean I, I would not know what it's like for a father. When he'd go off the deep end, he was a real prick. But then uh, most of the time, he was just really distant. Just the way yeah. he was. So what are you going to do today? Are you going to do anything special today to commemorate your brother? Uh, I really don't know what to do. I mean, like I said, I used to get drunk every every 
June 11th since he died. So yeah, I think staying sober for the day is uh, what he'd want. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, and I think uh, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. He had gotten himself uh, clean about a month before he died. So. Oh, he did. He got clean, and then he, quit, he died a month later. Yeah, he quit drugs. He quit alcohol. So he died of an accident. Was he in a car accident? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, he was working on his girlfriend's car and um, had the transmission panel, and then accidentally knocked the arm out to keep the car in gear uh, to keep it up. And he didn't put uh, put the emergency brake on or check the tires. So that was it. So it came oh. down on top of him. Yeah, that's not good. There's no doubt about that. Well, uh, well, do what he did. Stay sober and uh, and re- report back tomorrow is the best thing I could say, right? Right. And what was your brother's first name? Bob. Bob. Yeah. There you have it. All right. Well, yeah, I'll be around all day if you need to call me later, and we can schmooze a little bit if you want. All right. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. All right, bye. Yeah, I, I never had to go through. I have, I have an older brother and two older sisters. I have three younger brothers, and none of them. Well, Terry was in ill health for a minute. Yeah, you've there. had a couple hey, of them was... that tried to die, hmm. but they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of them that tried to die. <laughs> yeah. Not, she doesn't mean suicide. That's no, not what she no, means. no, 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 no. No, so it's. Uh, but uh, yeah, Joe sent me that message, and I wanted to play it for him today. But we'll we'll put it on the morning show tomorrow. That'd be fine. As long as we're in that kind of mode, Neil Boyd, you guys know who Neil Boyd is, the opera singer? No. Mm-mm. Neil Boyd, an opera singer who won NBC's America's Got Talent, dabbled in Missouri politics, has died. Scott County Coroner Scott Amick says Boyd died around 6 p.m. Sunday at his mother's house in Sykeston, Missouri. He was only 42 years old. Amick says Boyd had a number of medical problems, including heart failure, kidney failure, and liver problem. Well, he weighed about 500 pounds. He, at least 500 at pounds. At least 500 yeah, he not was... a healthy weight? No, it's not a healthy weight. Unless you're 8 foot 3. <laughs> Even yes. then, maybe. Even then, yeah, you're not going to live very long. Oh, he was seriously injured in a car crash last year, too. Well, oh. he had all kinds of stuff going his way, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh... Mid-40s is basically as late as you can hope for when you're, like, that overweight. When you're that big, yeah. Well, what's his name just died? Um, About two months ago, the comedian. Oh, I feel terrible about this. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Really big guy. He weighed about 500. Oh, uh, Ralphie May. Ralphie May. Oh, Ralphie May. Exactly. He just died, too. You, you, You can't be that big and live. It just doesn't happen. Nope. There's no question about it. Boyd won the network TV show and it's $1 million prize in 2008, which is pretty cool when you look at it that way, you know. Uh, he released the album My American Dream in 2009, performed at the 2012 Republican National Convention. That's why we've never heard of him. Or you guys have never oh, heard of him. Oh, yeah. You, st- you, you do one appearance at the Republican National Convention yeah, as an entertainer. Career you can or it could be oh, that yeah. I'm not a big rate, uh, opera fan. No, it's pretty much because you get banned by Hollywood if you if you appear. What, at the what yeah, show I mean, was he on, though? America's Got Talent. He won America's Got yeah, but Talent. I don't, has anybody left any of those well, shows to really make it aside from uh, uh, American Idol? Right, but that's American Idol. Oh, that's yeah. American Idol. Any of the other shows, I don't think they've had anybody that's really blown out yeah. as oh. a big performer. Tim might know. Lammers, do you know if anybody from um, uh, America's Got Talent has ever blown up big? You know, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think the only one that I can think of, of I think it was Britain's Got Talent that had uh, was it Susan Boyle? Yeah, Susan yes. Boyle. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely well, right. Yeah, but as far as America, God, I, I, you know, I couldn't even tell. You, I think you guys were talking about this. I can't tell you any of the winners and what they've done from The Voice or American Idol or any of those shows. I mean, it's just not a big deal anymore like it was at first. Well, the, yeah. the singers, but like Terry Fader, yeah. I think. Terry Fader, The yes. comedian oh, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, ventriloquist yep. blew up big on America's Got yeah. Talent and then got a, got a deal. But yeah. like, musicians, fact, you don't hear anything about them on any of these shows no, after they true. leave. Tim, uh, Yeah, the, the, you're right. The young ventriloquist, I thought I saw something about I think she's coming to Minnesota for some deal. 
Maybe it's a state fair or something. I, I don't Terry know. Terry Vader is? Yeah, but, no, no, but obviously, I mean, remember that. how big of a deal it was when the singers broke off of American Idol at first? Right. It was huge. Yep, it was. It was huge, yeah. It was, yeah. Terry Fader was just at Treasure Island. Right, but uh, well, I think it's confusing. There's a little, there's a cute little blonde girl oh, who came on a oh. few years ago, and she did kind of the Terry Fader thing where she would sing in different voices with the puppets, oh. and and for their like oh. season finale or for the big deal, it was her duetting with with Terry Fader and his puppets. Oh, it was pretty okay. cool, but she was she was really really kind of a neat little girl, and she got I think a contract in Vegas too. So you know, I uh, yeah, I have a Terry Fader story. Uh, and he, by the way, he's a great guy. Okay, Terry, good. You had me nervous. Huh? I got a Terry Fader no, story. He's a really, really nice guy. But uh, what's the name of his head puppet again? The big puppet he's got. Uh, damn, I can't remember. His, he's got one puppet that's like the lead puppet of the puppets, right? Uh, it's <laughs> a turtle. Puppet. It's a turtle. And yeah. His name is Pete. God, I don't remember. But I was in Vegas doing a, a doing a convention, a podcast, and, and Winston? broadcast. Winston. There you go. And Winston the Turtle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I'm going to interview Terry Fader in front of the entire convention uh, in Vegas. So I'm sitting on the couch, and it's, this is being broadcast, I don't know where, broadcast all over the place. So I'm interviewing Terry Fader, and right in the middle of the interview, I looked at Terry and I said, you know, I just realized I was doing something. He goes, what's that? And I said, Whenever I'd ask Winston a question, I'd make eye contact with him. I'd make an eye contact with a puppet. <laughs> That's a bit much. It's like, so you Winston, know, what I do found, you think? I found the person Dave's talking about. This is where I saw it just today, because I was curious about who's going to entertain at the Starkey Gala yeah. coming up next month. Darcy Lynn Farmer, her name is, uh, winner of season 12 of America's Got Talent. And she's going to be, Alice Cooper's going to be there, Gloria Gaynor. And Darcy Lynn Farmer, I believe, is who Dave is talking about. Yeah, that's but, that's the little girl, yeah. Dar- yes. Darcy yes. Lynn Farmer. <coughs> Darcy. I, I never tuned into that show too much, but uh, I, I'm not a talent show kind of guy because they, first of all, I can't, I could not stand it on American Idol when they used to ridicule people who were really bad. Oh. You brought them oh. out there to just to, humiliate them. That's, I, like, that's what I like about The Voice. They don't do that. They don't I mean, do that. By the, the time voice? you get on no. TV, you're pretty good. Yeah. And if oh, you win, good. you're actually really, really good. Yeah, but you most people tune in for the car wreck. Yeah. yeah. They probably to watch, yeah. To watch Has the, anybody the watched the new American Idol to see if they still do that? Mm-hmm. Nope. I have no. But I'm sure they do. It was part of their popular formula. Oh, yeah. Really. Really. Can you see Katy Perry or somebody just being rude? Like, I just, I don't know. That was a Simon mm-hmm. Cowell thing. Yeah, he I was, just can't imagine them it. still doing that he to was people. Good at it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why human beings love to wallow in other people's misery, but they just they love to do that. I what I cannot believe right now is the people that are going after Anthony Bourdain because people are going after him. Oh God, yes! Like he you would a moron. I don't think he was the easiest person to deal with. He was a great guy when I had him. I've talked to him several times. He's a great guy. Oh, you know, he well, had you know, you talk about negativity. I think that really at the, the, the forefront of the negativity in, in popular culture came with not only American Idol with Simon Cowell, but with one of Bourdain's counterparts, which is, uh, what's it, Gordon Ramsay? Oh, yeah, yeah Gordon Ramsay loved what the a jerk. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, you tune in because you're going to see him uh, just ridiculing people, demeaning people, and people found that entertaining. And I don't know how much that contributed to the overall climate of what we see today but honest to god i can't remember seeing it before that so it must must say something about you know it's okay to to humiliate people in front of millions of others you know and and i hate that i hate watching shows like that well as we go to break here i will tell you one thing and this is not humiliation but it's mean-spirited i have my new favorite person that i hate and that would be Cassie because she weighs about 80 pounds and she's sitting with me with a bag of popcorn and about a five pound brick of Rice Krispie bar. But she and she weighs 80 Pepsi. pounds. She does have diet. She does have diet. Pepsi. Sarah, has that, Sarah has that same diet. I think they're she probably does. both aliens. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah. So how, mu- how much do you weigh, really? Uh, I weigh about. Um, 
No, I don't care. You're not going to add someone to your side. I bounced between 115 and 120. You lie. You no. bounced, yeah, she, she does. She lies. Big 98 time. and 99 with rocks in her pockets. <laughs> yeah, with rocks in her pockets. Just get the big brick of rice. I've never liked you. I did have <laughs> breakfast. By, by the way, honey, cereal. when I said make sure you promise that you're going to eat, I didn't mean Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> I meant like a sandwich. Those are really good, though. <laughs> yes, they are. Rice Krispie bars are not cereal. You we got it. Like right? yes, when we come back, can we mention? Can I mention something about Bourdain? Champions. Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back with Tim Lammers as well. Right up to this Tom Bernard show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Lammers with us on the phone. Doug Sprinthal in on a Monday because he's taking a vacation. Oh, quiet. I am not. You're no, it's not a vacation. No. You're, you're traveling, but I'm it's working. not a vacation. You're working. A, okay. Traveling, working trip. Dave Schrader in studio on Mondays, as always. Uh, Timmy, Dave wants to yeah. uh, bring up a point about Anthony Bourdain, and then I want to talk to you about a couple of movies. And I'll try to keep sure. it light. Uh but I, I wanted to address something you, you mentioned. There's a lot of people saying some really stupid things regarding Bourdain. Yeah. And not, not about his personality and such, but just what a moron for killing himself. What kind of idiot does this? And what a lot of people don't understand is uh, depression is a, a bitch. And it, it yeah. it's rooted in a way that makes no common sense. I'm a person that's dealt with lifelong depression and crippling anxiety. Right. Listen, I've got everything I could want. I do radio, which I love to do. I've got an amazing wife. I've got fantastic kids. But I don't like your wife. I, a couple I of think days, I made that clear. A couple of days a, a month that I don't want to move. I don't want to get out of bed. Uh, and it's everything yeah. I can to try to not want to do something horrible to yourself. I'm glad you mentioned that because in a previous life, before I sold cars, I was a mental health counselor for four years. And I look at all the social media. Anytime something like this happens and you see, and people with good intentions post things like, the suicide hotline number. Yeah. This assumes that people that suffer from depression are too stupid to know there's uh -huh. a suicide hot. They know that it's out there. No, that but isn't what helps. But that's not always necessarily it either. It's the fact that there's uh, shame involved in, that's right. in being open about depression. So I've always done it just because I felt if, if yeah. one person hears me and realizes, well, he can yes. talk about it. And, and the one thing you have to realize, the best advice and best thing you can do for somebody dealing with depression is not shut them out and not offer them any advice because nothing you're going to say is going to get them That's out right. of this. That's and by exactly telling right. them, I know where you're at, you don't. By then turning it around into, well, you think your life is bad, listen to what I have to deal with. The last person a depressed the last thing a depressed person wants to do is listen to your problems yeah, because they're trying true. to process their own. Then they're yep. dealing with the heaped on emotion of feeling bad for you and then the guilt for bringing this to your attention. So there's this overwhelming... Um, stigma attached to it. And just because somebody has everything going for them doesn't mean that they're no, immune exactly. to the effects of depression. Right, depression exactly. attacks whether you are at the top of the world, which, look, I mean, look how many major celebrities kill themselves. Yeah. Right. And they're on top of the world in every other aspect. They've got the money, the fame, the popularity, but that depression doesn't answer to that. Depression right. takes a totally different way around people. Like right. I said, I mean, there's... 
and I feel guilt, and, and that's what cr- cripples a lot of people from making that call is mm-hmm. I feel guilt that there's no reason I should be un- unhappy or depressed. I love my life. Mm-hmm. I love my right. wife. I love my kids. I love my job, but I don't want to be alive today. I just wish it would end. I just wish this was it. Right. And there are some days you can crawl out of that hole, and there's other days you can't. But the, the days that it's been the hardest is when I just have somebody there that will throw the arm around your shoulder and just say, let's just be here together. Yeah, no, no question about it. And you I, don't have to talk. You don't have to. You can vent and, and don't say anything. Just let people. It, sometimes it's weathering that storm that gets you through it. And then there's, like I said, that shame policy of if I make a phone call, people are afraid if they call and say they're feeling suicidal, cops are going to show up on their doorstep. Mm-hmm. And and that does happen. So, sure it does. You know, there are, but there are other ways. And I know you were mentioned in the suicide hotline. I will mention, um, for listeners that may not be aware, there, there is the, the National Suicide Hotline, 800-273-8255. But you can also now text the word HOME to 741-741. And that's free 24-hour support from Crisis Text Line. So you have people to reach out to whose job it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And your friends and family are probably not the best people to go to because they don't know how to listen. They don't know how to help. But there are ways to get help. And being depressed is not what defines you. It's stepping out of that and being strong enough to ask for the help. So don't be afraid to make that move. And don't assume just because somebody's in a position you think is fortuitous that that means they, they should be immune to this as well. It is a rough, rough, horrible thing. And, and depression and anxiety are are absolutely horrible. So I, I feel for everybody out there dealing with that, and I hope that you'll get the help you need. But don't be so quick to judge uh, because there's no way you can know until you've walked in those shoes. And I can tell you, well, I can give you a counterintuitive tip if you are with somebody who's really suffering from severe depression. If they've, they're in a phase where they're really, really depressed, and then suddenly they seem elated. They have the decided hospital, to kill decide themselves. They, yep. yep well. That's... Yeah. Don't. It's, yeah. it's because they're happy that it's all going to be over right. soon. That's exactly right. And it's yeah. sometimes it's the strongest people in your lives. And it's a facade, right? I mean, Anthony Bourdain put on a, a job. Oh, sure. Yeah. And he goes out and he does this. And I have people that are like, I can't believe you deal with depression. You're always in a good mood. You're happy. You're, well, that's. He's an actor. That's Dave Schrader that I put on when I go out in public. Right. When I'm at home, it's a different deal, you know? So it's trying to get through those moments and, and make it through. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a brutal. I didn't do a bad affliction. thing by giving you all those Nerf weapons, did I? No, those <laughs> are Nerf those weapons. are actually helpful. Okay, when good. I can strap to the kids of the wall and just start. Yeah, Nerf arms dealer. Like his arsenal now. I would say this: that Cassie's way of dealing with Dave's depression is eating Rice Krispie bars. Yeah. So that's good. No, I, I think most people who get into entertainment, whether it's radio, television, uh, even writers. Um, certainly t- people like Anthony Bourdain, actors. Well, yeah, think of how many writers are alcoholics. Yeah, they get into it because they are depressed and feel anxiety, and they want to, they, they're really good at putting on that face. So well, that's a good outlet yeah. because in those moments when you're connecting with a large group, you, yep. you're, you're out of that isolationist right. feel. Right. Yeah, and you can't keep it going. I, I would say professionally, I, I, I totally have to agree with it. I mean, it's like a high when you know you're you know I'm talking right now or if I'm writing or whatever I mean yeah I enjoy my family and everybody around but professionally which you deal with every day it always does feel the best one at least for me and I I don't know if Tom you feel the same way too I mean when you're mm-hmm. working I hate it I hate having time off because I feel like I should be doing something you know so yeah I understand I totally that. agree with that um, I have to tell you quickly one of those people that lashed out and I don't know if you covered this this morning Tom already but uh, Val Kilmer was one of those yeah, people. Yeah, he was. That came out, and I just sent uh, a, a Cassie a link um, if you haven't read it. Um, but boy, again, yeah, he just really goes after him, and you know, calling him uh, Kilmer, calling Bourdain selfish, etc. Oh, and Kilmer seems to be taking the attack that you know I've been dealing with this. You know, he's been dealing with cancer or whatever the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, you, you try to get a picture of where he's coming from. But then when you read it, it's kind of like some of it is unintelligible, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting. But I, I, he's the only one that I know of. Are there other people that are big names coming out against what Bourdain did or something? Or what, well, what's just, going on? I know it's the general populace. I see people making judgment calls and, and saying he's stupid or, or, you know, how do you throw your life away like that? This guy's sitting on top of the world. 
But Bourdain was an admitted self, you know, he was a drug addict for a long time. He was, yeah. He dealt with a lot of ways to try to beat back that that trauma. Yep. And, the, you know, what it, what it comes down to, and I don't know if, if you have it in the same perspective, but, like, see, I, I get to go out. I just came back from Salt Lake City, Utah, and I go do these events. And sometimes you go to these places and there's a couple hundred to a couple thousand people. And while you're there, there's all this attention kind of heaped on you. And then you... Oh, yeah. uh, you leave it and you get back home and you have to mow the lawn and take yeah. out the garbage and all yep. of a sudden you just feel like a nobody again and it's kind of a weird crippling it is situation so i can only assume for yeah. these celebrities who are that much in the glaring spotlight how sometimes that effect has just got to be a, a, a complete disassociative break i think well that's, that's right. and i think that's why the the child actors suffer so much because when their career ends abruptly and there's nothing left for them you know, they usually, I shouldn't say use, well, I'd say most of the time it seems. How many successful child actors transition to adulthood, Not but the many. other ones go off the deep end, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so I don't know many. if that's related to what we're talking about necessarily, but it's, a, it's the whole idea of, not having that attention paid to you, and you have millions of people paying attention to you, and then in one fell swoop, it's gone. And yeah. what do I do now? I can you remember know, so the very the very first time I suffered a bout of anxiety. I was, I believe, seven years old. And I'll never forget it because I had a panic attack because of the anxiety. Because I was seven and I didn't know what it was. I was actually sitting on the couch and I was watching television. And all of a sudden the wall, like where Dave would be sitting now, we're on camera. But just picture yourself sitting on a couch in a room is the television. Well, all of a sudden the television and that entire wall moved back about 20 feet. It moved. And, uh, you know, obviously... It happened to me a lot in my teens, but I was on acid. <laughs> you were on acid then. <laughs> but it was, you know, obviously some stimulation in my brain, some uh, something my body manufactured. But when that happened, I went into a panic panic attack, and I've had anxiety ever since. It just, that's how it started, and it's never gone away. Seven. That would be... It was not easy. Well, and an anxiety at any age is brutal. It feels yeah. like you're... So, like yeah. I'm having a heart attack, and you, every emotion you could possibly have from anger to rage to sadness just right. keeps washing over, and, and it's like never-ending until you finally find a connection and you can break away for a little bit. But it's it's debilitating. It's horrible. It is now, terrible. Let me ask everybody here, because I, I think it hit me full force, the anxiety thing, when I started having kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when you have people you know, you're responsible for, and it's obviously not in your control, in some sort of ways, you know, when they go off and they leave and they go to school or whatever, that is the worst. Tim, the first. That to me. But no, but I felt it right away when they were babies, too. I yep. mean, you oh, know, yeah. it just. Yep. Yeah, Tom yeah. made me uh, call the doctor. He wanted a SIDS monitor on our kids. Yep. I want, I want alarms. I want flashing lights. Yep. I want everything <laughs> you got. I'm the doctor, and I'm like, my husband wants to sit monitor. He's like, did you smoke when you were pregnant? No. Did you drink while you were pregnant? No. Was there low birth weight? No. Was there any problems? Blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. I had low Say birth it. You're not getting Say one. It. No, no SIDS for you. No SIDS for you. No SIDS for you. They the sell way. those now, though. Yeah, but back then you had to get one. Like You had to rent one from a hospital. Yeah, now it's they're called owlets. Yeah, I got oh, one up for my son when his uh, first daughter was born. It just slips on the foot, and it um, oh, really? it syncs up to your cell phone, and it'll oh, alert you and alarm you if anything wow. goes on, if breathing changes. Have 40 if, of them. Yeah, it does their ox- blood oxygen level and their heart rate. We would have had 40 of them. <laughs> See? Somehow you made it, though. I should have known. I would have had them under every one of I your hands. I didn't from excessive outlets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have announced to the uh, listening audience, because they might not know this, and Tim, you might not know it either, but Alex is now carrying a teenager. So that's yeah. nice. <laughs> He's in there. Honestly, God, the kid was supposed to, what, six days ago? Yep. This was the day Fawn and he'll was born. Be of, or he, he'll be of drinking age next week. Well, he'll be of drinking age next week if she keeps carrying This is well, the day you know, Fawn was born. Yeah. Now you know what it's like for most parents in America right now. The kids refuse to move out. <laughs> Just yep. stay in your basement and you will not get out. I'm free movie, free food. What was that guy's name? Michael Rotunda. You're, you should name your kid Michael Rotunda Rasmussen. Oh, the one that his parents sued him to make him <laughs> sued leave. him to make him leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I think that's Wasn't a wonderful 30 story. Was he thirty? Thirty-five? He was thirty. Thirty. Well, yep. and sadly enough, he's also a parent. It's like, yes, he wow. is. Oh my. He's a parent, and he was married, I think. No, he was not married, but he lived with a woman for a while. Oh, so he was away for a while. I thought he'd lived there. I, nah, I never read the whole story. I just yeah. saw the okay. headlines. So the kid is with the with the the ex then? 
I must I, yes, I think so. I don't know. I was going to say, they're going to say, we want you to move out, but leave your kid here. Leave your kid here, <laughs> exactly. The kid will be safe here, but you get out. Yeah. That's a good plan. But, yeah, I think, I think conversations like this are really good. First of all, you have to understand something. Uh, and I don't know, you know, Val Kilmer, he's on heavy medication for his, his cancer battle. But most people, and we're going to have to start facing this and, and be honest about it. Most people who are that vicious on voice, on, on uh, social media are morons. They're just not smart enough to understand. See, I, I don't even know that that's the case. I think I sometimes do. disappointment and your own depression can lash out in strange ways. Well, that's and when you true see as somebody well, that you admire and you yeah. like, the first initial reaction is, "You selfish prick! How no. dare you do this? Look, <laughs> yeah. at, you're a person in the limelight. Do you know what this just taught every kid? And that's what you know. The one thing I've kept in the back of my head when I've had those super dark days is, I know this will pass. But the most important thing that I've always done it for is my kids because I don't want them to think, Yeah. well, look, there is an easy way out. If you can't do it, you can always check out. Dad did it, and I don't want to be that example. Yeah. No. I'd rather right. be you know, here and pushing through and that they see me struggling at times rather than just seeing me say, nah. You're exactly right because right. It, it, regardless of depression Wait, can you repeat that? Other... Honey, jot that down. Somebody said I'm exactly <laughs> right. The, the exactly. Bar and ailments, whether, whatever they yeah. are, at some point, <laughs> Your choice has a, an effect on the outcome. You have to choose to be healthy. And it doesn't right. matter if you're dealing with depression or cancer or whatever. At some point, mentally, you have to go, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to do the best I can. Or some people give up, and they just go, and they get sicker and sicker, and they don't make it. Well, I think it's people that fight the depression that have the worst time. Yeah. Now when I feel it coming on, I let it hit me. Uh, it's like I, I always picture that scene from Forrest Gump when uh, Lieutenant Dan's on the ship and he's just shaking his fist at God and the storm's just pounding the hell out of him. Oh, he's yeah. like, just take me. Get it over with. Let's do this. And when you just let it hit you, it kind of goes by a lot quicker than it does when I'm pushing against it the whole time. Same thing and with that's panic been a big attacks. Help. Yeah. 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 A lot of people are just like, I just let them come and then they go and yep. I know what it is yeah, now and I just let it happen. All right, we need to take a break here, but we'll be right back. We'll talk some uh, movies after this uh, and other things with Tim Lammers, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Well, yeah, but I mean, we're dealing with something that other people don't want to deal with. Yeah. So it's a good thing. 
it's a really good thing we're dealing with. But it. that's what I do when my when I hit into my darkest stuff is I put on music that just yeah. is stupid fun, mm-hmm. and I'll sing and dance around to it, and that gets the brain chemicals moving again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and sometimes I can't. Sometimes I just don't want to move. But but usually if I push myself into the music is what'll take me out of the spins. Music is great. What's for the people? number one? Is it tick me up before you go go? <laughs> no, wake me up. no, you know what it is. Well, it's it's funny. wham. It's uh this and it's the stupidest thing you'll think of, but it's uh. Um, the Partridge Family. I can listen to the, the Come On, Get stupid. Happy, which sounds like the lamest thing in the world you happy. think of, but I guarantee you, you listen to that song and try not to just be in, try to be sure. in a crap mood and listen to that song. It's just, you can't do it. And then I think I love you. All the goofy, I woke up and loved songs. this morning. Yeah, those, those are the three, four mind. songs okay. I listen to from them, and that always lifts me up. It's, Whatever works. Yeah. Who cares? That's cool. Well, JB's dad put on Disco Inferno when he was yeah, angry. Yeah, JB when he was pissed off. <laughs> Catherine, can you guess what mine is? Because I actually sing it. But nobody could guess what mine is. But for get what? off of my cloud. To get me out of a, a depression. <laughs> that's Life by Frank Sinatra. That's Life. I love that song. But that's not it. I, what song do I sing all the time? Well, not all a lot. Time, but a we're lot in the money. We're in. No. <laughs> no, no, hardly not. I'm, and I'm not even religious. I'm trying to think. Uh, it's a gospel song. Oh, I know. Song. I know. Uh, oh, God. Now you've I'm... heard me sing it already like five times since you've been here. Are you amazing gracing it at home? or what? No, I, no, I know it. Uh, oh, Happy Day. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Very oh, good, that Cassie. One. That one. Yeah. That's it. That I is sing a good Oh, Happy Day. I, love, oh, that I love that song. Plus, she just kills it. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That woman can belt that song out. It's just, but I, yeah, music is a wonderful thing. Music is a great it's cathartic. Thing. It ties you to all different types and uh, times in space, man. It can pull you out of doldrums or put you into an amazing place. Yeah, true. it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. So, Timmy, we saw a couple of movies uh, this over over the weekend. Kath and I watched a double feature on, uh, was it Saturday night? Or yeah, Saturday? the rainy, rainy, rainy day of Saturday. We decided oh, no, we're kidding. just going to watch some movies. Yeah, we watched a couple of movies. One called Unsane with, with uh, Claire Foy. Foy. She was Foy. amazingly good. It's about a woman who, who thinks she's being stalked, but you don't know if she's really being stalked or if she's just crazy. Yeah, I, I'm aware of the film. I haven't seen it. I know it's really coming good. on video, like on Blu-ray this week. Um, the interesting thing I do know about that film, which is directed by Steven Soderbergh, yeah, it was. is that he filmed it entirely on an iPhone. Yeah. Oh, he filmed it all on an Are iPhone. Yeah, me? He did, yeah. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It gives you a very, like, you're there perspective. You know, he, uh, you know, I think the guy has gotten preachy in the past with some of his, oh, his God, stuff. Oh, God, yes. But, yeah, yeah. But. There's no question the guy, uh, I think, was an innovator in the industry. Yep. And his big breakthrough was Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And then, you know, he's gone on and to the traffic. big commercial project. And he also did um, that one that was that HBO thing on Liberace. I, I think oh, he's a that was really very talented yeah. filmmaker yep. and yep. very willing to, you know, stretch the boundaries. And I think that's great about him. So uh, it's just one of those that I didn't see in the theater for whatever reason, but I'm definitely going to see it, especially now that I've heard you talking about it. I didn't even know so, it was yeah. in the theaters. I no. never noticed that it was at theaters. I was, yeah. You know, it's Edina. funny because some of these films, and I want to get to the other film you're going to talk about, but, um, you know, Hotel Artemis opened oh, fairly weak. I, I mean, it's you know, terrible. But the thing is, is that films like, I don't know who distributed uh, Insane, Unsane, Unsane, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but either. it has a lot to do with, not always, but it has a lot to do with, if you're coming from a, an indie distributor, I mean, your, your work is just not going to get seen as much. It's just right. not. Right. I mean, it's just Streets, rare that Bleecker Street. you'll have a big film like the Han Solo that, that hits the wall, but it's not unusual for a Hotel Artemis to finish 8th or ninth, you know, like it did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good movie, unlike a lot of others. One of my friends saw it, and she said that if you like John Wick, you'll like Hotel Artemis. Ooh, I like John Wick. I, I know. love John Wick. And I was you like, do. John Wick was one of yeah, the best there... movies I've ever seen in my life, so <laughs> I might yeah. have yeah. to. Yeah. There's the element oh that so relatable dumb. there is that there's this club in John Wick um, where it's, it's like a, a you mean in Hotel common Artemis? ground for criminals, and they cannot fire upon each other, kill one another in these clubs. Whereas Hotel Artemis is a hospital for that sort of thing. Where all the criminals are treated, but they can't go after one another. Right. I don't know. It sounds like a great movie. And I love Jodie Foster, but I heard she's the weakest part of the movie. I I disagree. I I think she's amazing in it. She's willing to take on a role that you probably feel uncomfortable with because... 
you know, she looks, I, I said this on KQ last week, and it's the best way to describe it is she looks like holy hell. Yeah, she does but, look But there's terrible. a reason for that <laughs> in the film that you find out as you watch the film why she is the way she is. So it makes complete sense. And she's willing to go there and make herself look like crap. She's not a vain actor. She, she plays the role, and that's what I love about her. Yeah, I understand that. She is just one. I've liked her in everything I've ever seen her in, all the way back to Taxi Driver. She's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But uh, the other movie we saw was uh, Thoroughbreds, mm -hmm. which is really good. Not for everybody, probably. Very weird. Neither of these movies are for everybody. I understand that. But Thoroughbreds has Olivia Cook, who played the girl with the uh, breathing apparatus in Bates Motel. She's yeah. really good. Really, really good in it. And what's the other woman's name? She's good, too. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen her. I don't know she, who she actually was. Her name is Anna Taylor, Tyler Joy, or Taylor Joy. She oh, yeah. was the girl in uh, the McAvoy picture, Split. Oh, Split. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Split. Okay. God, that was a great movie, too. But you mentioned, I heard this on the show this morning, you mentioned the guy in it that was such of a prick. Oh, he's a he's good, good actor. He's really good. Yeah, he was in House of Cards. Yes. Yeah. Yes, a journalist in House of Cards, yep. or biographer that had a weird relationship with then President Frank Underwood because he's not coming back, but the show is President. But Frank uh, Underwood. yeah, he's a good actor. I'm trying to think what his name is now. I have to look it up. No question about it. I saw Ocean's Eight. I heard it's boring as hell. From me. No, I heard it from yeah. everybody, though, it's too. It's boring. I saw, yeah. Really? Now, really? here I am again. I, I thought the beginning was boring, but the actual heist was fun. The, the way that unfolded was fun. Yeah, but, the, you know. the 20 the minutes of the heist was interesting. The rest of it was very boring. Yeah, I hear you. Afterwards, I, you I don't know, Dan and I both were just like, all right. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Been here a while now. <laughs> I don't know. It was like, and I really like everybody in the movie, and I was excited about it, but yeah, it was not exciting. That's what I understand. Yeah. We watched Coco. Uh, I watched Coco. Horrendous. Coco is great. You the didn't movie like was horrendous. way too long. I liked it a lot. Way too long. I really it was an hour and a half, so Should have been, it was uh, just past about your 15 bedtime. Minutes. It was past your bedtime. <laughs> about 15 minutes. 15 minutes I watched it. Was Tom Cranky? Yeah, 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 he was. It was not. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> was not. You're cranky. No, you. <laughs> just give like, me that sugar, damn like it. I'm in the minority here with Coco. Did anybody like no, that? I I liked it a lot. I did think it was I a tiny too. bit too long. It was too long. But not like I wasn't crying and whining about it like Tom. <laughs> well, you know what, Kurt? <laughs> animation that we saw, it was Ferdinand. Ferdinand. We really liked Ferdinand. I never Ferdinand. saw that, the bowl. That's really I, I, laughing. I haven't seen the movie, but I've read the book to Fawn about 400,000 times. Yeah, because I remember the Ferdinand the Bull when I was a kid. Yeah. I think yeah. Disney uh, yep. had like a short cartoon yeah. but yeah, the movie's great I don't remember this at all yeah, John <laughs> Cena is the voice of Ferdinand the Bull yeah. that's what I heard yeah but the, oh, the whole cast is great and all the different characters and the way they do it there's yeah. this troop of kind of those dancing prancing horses <laughs> and they've all got that really fey kind of uh German you know industrial oh god oh, look at you Klaus like and we're going to and dance Freud. our ways out right and it's just hilarious the the movie's just really well Siegfried and Floyd Siegfried and Roy Siegfried and Roy Siegfried and Roy or whatever Siegfried and Floyd Siegfried Follies you know what and then I watched uh, on the plane to Utah I watched um, The Man That Invented Christmas and that was a really great little movie I that's so bad, and it so wasn't. Well it like barely was in theaters. Yeah. I was so excited about that movie. Now, the timing is sort of. Uh, did you select that one, or was yes. it just the only choice? No, because obviously they have like uh, holiday film movies. this time of year. You see, I'm a holiday guy all year round. I like that stuff. But what I also like are movies like Finding Neverland and Goodbye Christopher oh. Robin, and I like those kind of movies. So when I can find one that I I missed in the theaters, I don't care yep. what time of year it is. It yeah. was just so well done and well crafted. It's it's a great movie, and it tells the story of uh, of where he was in his career when you know he he was huge when he came out with Oliver Twist, and then he had these like three more failures in a row. And was at the end of his rope trying to figure out what to do. And it was great to see the way they, how his characters came to life. And Christopher Plummer plays Scrooge. Oh, he's great. So he's, okay. he's having this talk and this dialogue with Plummer, who's, who's Scrooge through the whole thing. But not just like that version. He's egging on 
uh, um, Dickens through the Joe whole thing. Dickens. And he's like, bah, your story is stupid. Yeah, this is never going to bah humbug. And he's just, and you watch where he takes all these pieces of the story and puts it together. You really beautiful. fat and stupid, and I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. What did you see, Doug? You said you, you I saw, saw LBJ with Woody Harrelson. I heard it's he was um, He was amazing. It was a great movie, I thought. That's what I've heard. I heard it's really, really good. So and he that. plays LBJ? Yeah. yeah. No kidding. And no. he does a he can it's still you can hear Woody in there yeah. but um, the the makeup and all the stuff and the glasses and the way he carried himself he's it's great. And it's a really interesting story about how the Kennedys needed the very conservative racist southern democrats to win the election from Nixon and how they you know, kind of used LBJ to do it. It's 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 a it was a great movie I thought. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. Was there uh, uh, somebody playing Hubert Humphrey in the picture? Uh, no. Uh, it was focused on uh, it was a sock puppet, JFK if I remember. And, yeah, it, should, uh, it should have been. And, uh, and Bobby. Mostly it was a lot of it was the friction between uh, Johnson and Bobby Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And JFK kind of realized that they needed uh, Lyndon Johnson to help. And Bobby, I think, finally by the end of the movie... Um, accepted Johnson for what he was trying to do. But there's a great scene in there that it, it actually happened. Johnson calls the head of, I think it's Haynes, and he starts complaining that he is too well endowed and he needs yes. him to make some special pants. Oh, my God. So they have the special underwear yeah. between the yep. scrotum and the bunghole, as he says. But they have the real audio of that. It exists out yep. there, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, he used to love to show off his package yeah. to everybody. He'd go, look at this. And he'd just pull his pants down in the in the Oval Office. There's one scene where he's on the phone and he goes, I am effing Lyndon Johnson. And he goes, no, I'm not effing Lyndon Johnson. I'm him. <laughs> oh, God. It's not a laugh right movie. It, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, is your father the one that uh, makes uh, clothes? Yes, sir. We're all together. Uh-huh. This is actually LBJ. Lightweight slacks uh, uh, he just made up on his own, sent to me three or four months ago. It's a kind of a light brown and a light green, rather soft green and soft brown. And they're real lightweight. Now, I need about six pairs for summer wear. I want a couple, maybe three of the light brown, uh, kind of a almost powder color, like powder on ladies' face. Then there was some green, and then maybe some other light pair. If you had a blue in that or, or a black, I'd have one blue and one black. I need about six pairs to wear around in the evening when I come uh, here in from work. starts describing. And I need to, to about a half an inch too tight in the waist. No, I don't know. You, you all just guessed at them, I think, son, but wouldn't you have the measurements there? I can send you a pair. I want them a half an inch larger in the waist than they were before, except I want two or three inches of stuff left back in there so I can take them up. I vary 10 to 15 pounds a month. So uh, leave me at least two and a half, three inches in the back where I can let them out or take them up and put, make these a half an inch bigger in the waist. Make the pockets at least an inch longer. Money, My money and my knife and everything fall out. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. <laughs> I'll skip ahead a little money bit. Money in my These are people who run the country. They're like riding a, a wire fence. These are almost these are the best that I've had anywhere in the United States. But uh, uh, when I gain a little weight, they cut me under there. So leave me. Uh, you never do have much margin there. Let's see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper is. <laughs> LBJ right there. Hail to the chief. Yeah. I had Bob Gimlin on my show (laughs) two weeks ago, the guy from the Patterson Gimlin film of Bigfoot. And he's this old guy, and he's like, Yeah, and I remember coming up over the ridge and and I saw the Bigfoot. And then later on in the show, he's like, yeah, we were, uh, you know, we've had a chance to <laughs> travel the world. <laughs> oh my God. Some people don't care, apparently. <laughs> no. The, the next night, care. our guest, as I'm introducing him, and I go, uh, you know, he's an exorcist and blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> right over the air. We will be right back with hour note. two. Tom <laughs> Bernard's show. <laughs>